재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Bringing you stimulating discussions on current affairs Discover the best of news and current affairs Primetime on TBS EFM All of the controversies surrounding the decision to speed up deployment of the THAAD anti-missile battery system here in South Korea. So let's talk about the host of issues involved with North Korea, its weapons programs, uh, the international community's response, and whether they're effective or not. Giving us that analysis, our friend from Pusan National University, political science professor Robert Kelly. Hello. Hi, Henry. Thanks for having me again. It's good well, to be on. Thanks for joining us. Always appreciate it. Um, just, I suppose we can kind of uh, jump around here. First, uh, sure. this pretty hefty fine on uh, ZTE. This is China's largest telecom equipment supplier. The U.S. imposing a 1.2 billion fine for what they are alleging uh, violations of tra- trade sanctions on uh, North Korea. Obviously, this is not something that uh, China will be too happy about. Yeah, I think this is part of the Trump administration's um, new emphasis on China. Um, the uh, the problems of Chinese banks and uh, industries operating with North Korea in violation of sanctions have been pretty well known for a long time. There's a pretty wide suspicion, for example, that the North Korean elite keeps its money in slush funds and whatever in Chinese banks. Um, and the Obama administration had considered for a while whether or not to go after the Chinese banks because that really raised the temperature. It sort of pushes China or North Korea into a major issue between China and the United States, and the Obama people tried to sort of work behind the scenes. I think, um, you know, Trump is a little bit more, you know, I don't know, reckless maybe is the right word, or more aggressive, you know, whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, I think he wants to sort of prove that he's sort of tougher than Obama or something like that, and so he's taking these sort of tougher measures. Um, but, I mean, I, I, you know, the idea of going after sort of Chinese money in North Korea has been around for a while. The concern has always been that if you do that, you really sort of ignite you could possibly ignite a major breach between the U.S. and China. You know, you don't want North Korea to define the entire relationship between the two. Yes, uh, and that's an important point. Um, I've seen a few of your uh, tweets in recent weeks and months, and let me just say, you you may, may be considered a uh, Donald Trump skeptic. Let's, let's let's put it that way. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, worried. The 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 reckless uh, sort of uh, nature that you you termed, uh, where potentially the the decisions may not be as sober and well thought out uh, in terms of how to retaliate or what kind of uh, diplomatic maneuvers you make. Right. Is is there a concern then that? Uh, if you go too aggressively against China, uh, and you know, we can leave aside the question of that and whether that's an appropriate thing for South Korea to deploy right now. That um, for North Korea's uh, perspective, it doesn't necessarily uh, mean it's a bad situation. It kind of plays into their hands if you look at it from a certain perspective. Yeah, I think it does. I mean, what North Korea really wants, what they're really worried about, I think diplomatically, is that China might drift too far from them. Right? You know, Park Geun Hye tried really hard to sort of uh, 
what, you know, sort of seduce the Chinese and sort of flatter them. And, you know, she's going to China. What She went to China, like, twice a year for every year until she was impeached or partially impeached or something like that. I mean, she made a real effort to sort of, like, pull China over and you know, say, look, you know, we need to fix this North Korea situation and we need your help and stuff like that. And the North Koreans worry about that, right? Because without China, there really is no other. You know, North Korea really can't survive. China is um, North Korea's pipeline to the world. It's a props up its economy and all these sorts of things. So, you know, if you're the North Koreans, if you can sort of force a wedge between China and the United States, between uh, South Korea and China, that's actually really valuable, right? And it's one of the things why, you know, the sort of fad flap is playing into North Korea's hands too, because it sort of pushes the Chinese back behind the North Koreans, where I really don't think they actually want to be. I actually really think the Chinese would like to find a way to pressure North Korea to stop doing crazy stuff, you know, like using VX gas in an airport. Right. Oh, my God. That's really terrifying stuff. The Chinese don't want VX in an airport any more than anybody else, right? But they don't really, they don't really know how to get to North Korea. <clears throat> and, you know, if we start banging on the banks and stuff like that, if we start sanctioning Chinese firms, then, you know, you sort of force the Chinese in public to say, you know, we stand behind North Korea. And that's sort of bad. I think that's one of the reasons why the Obama people didn't make this stuff public. Because if you, if you go public against the Chinese, then you sort of put their back up against the wall, and then they push back, and that you know that plays. To right. North Korea. And there's the so. issue of face as well, right? I mean, you, right. they yeah, can't yeah, exactly. be they, yeah, they can't be seen to right. uh, be just right. taking it without any other uh, retaliatory right. measures of their own. Speaking of those yeah. retaliatory measures, turning to that, and you kind of briefly mentioned it. I mean, from the hawkish perspective, from the uh, uh, the uh, the more maybe conservative uh, national security perspective, uh, mm-hmm. Thad is a, a vital uh, piece of equipment. It is uh, important strategically for uh, the national defense of this country, as well as maybe key strategic military installations uh, uh, owned by the U.S. That being said, you you mentioned the timing of it, and when we talk about uh, Donald Trump and his decision, and let's let's assume that he had some part in this decision. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't think this necessarily is the way the conservative press here is deeming it is. Oh wow, Donald Trump is standing strong with South Korea and cares about right. its national security interests, and that is why uh, we are. Uh, showing a united front there are some definite right. political considerations involved not just from the south korean beleaguered south korean government but also from the uh, beleaguered donald trump administration yeah i think that you know trump i'm not really sure trump cares that much about asia other than the trade issue which really plays to his white working class base um i'm not really sure that trump actually really wants to sort of wade into the north korean mess you know the last three or four american presidents have tried to sort of figure it out and and really haven't you know, it's really sort of failed. You know, I mean, if Trump is wise, he'd actually try to keep his hands off of it. Um, and that, of course, has been sort of in the pipe for a while, right? I mean, the acceler- I mean it's maybe Trump signed off on the acceleration of it, but, I mean, the, the issues about its placement and, you know, who, uh, where where the radar would be directed and stuff like that and sort of the relationship with China over this, all this was sort of percolating up under the Obama administration. So I'm not sure, too sure how much, you know, Trump really was sort of involved in this. Um but, you know, my general sense is that, you know, Trump and his voters are really much more interested in the war on terrorism, right? I mean, Trump talks about ISIS all the time, you know, the Muslim ban and stuff like that. It's just not clear to me that Trump really wants to get sucked into a big thing over here other than, yeah, I mean, he gave up on, you know, the one China policy. Remember, he was going to contest the one China policy, yeah. and he basically walked that back like a month later. Yes. You know, I think other than trade, I'm just not sure if he really wants to go down this route. I mean, the South Korean conservative press, like you say, they have a lot of incentive to say, you know, the Americans are standing with us and stuff like that. I mean, they're going to say that no matter what. But I'm not really sure if Trump is that interested in it. I mean, his age, who are his Asia people? I mean, it's really not very clear.
Yeah, and, and that's an important point because I, I don't want to get too much into U.S. politics, but right. uh, there, there's obviously something going on with uh, people paying attention to these ties with Russia. And um, right. if you believe that uh, the White House and, and the Trump administration would like to distract from that, yes, uh, maybe issuing another executive well, order on the Muslim ban or talking about right. uh, the Affordable Care Act and try to uh, right. create these other controversies. It doesn't seem like deploying THAAD is going to rise to the level of uh, consciousness uh, among the average Joe voter in America, like you said, the uh, the uh, the white working class people who really won't care either way, I yeah, would think. And I so we right. can't necessarily ascribe this to being, oh, they're, they're just trying to, I guess, uh, uh, put up a smokescreen. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, you know, that's, that's been in the process for a while, right? I mean, that was supposed to be deployed sometime in the next six months anyway, so I'm sure it really wasn't a big stretch. I mean, what really matters is, is, is this bank thing, like you're talking about at the beginning question. I mean, is Trump really going to start going after Chinese banks and the way they operate with with North Korea, that would be a big breach. But, you know, is he ready for a big breach with China? I mean, I I just don't know. Does Trump strike who is ready for that level of gravity? I'm doubtful. Here's another thing that uh, certain, uh, I I guess... uh national security and foreign policy uh, pundits have been saying in Korea is that one thing that Trump uh, should do or is hopeful that he will do is take a strong stand on China's economic retaliatory measures, uh, whether it's uh, shutting down all those uh, outlets in China from Lotte, uh, banning uh, group travel packages from arriving here, uh, banning uh, Korean wave products, cosmetics, that uh, the U.S. would need to, because they are sort of the, uh, I guess, the bully who can bully the bully uh, and and actually squeeze China a little bit more. I think what you're saying, though, is that's not necessarily going to be a tit for tat where uh, the U.S. says, well, I'm I'm more stronger than you, so I'm going to punish you for um, beating up on my little brother. That wouldn't necessarily be the best way. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice if the United States could find a way to do that, but to a certain extent, the United States and the you know the U.S. and Korean economies are already reasonably integrated anyway because of the FTA, so it's not like there's like some big, new, massive economic concession the United States right. can offer to South Korea. I mean, a lot of that's already in place. Um, the real question, then, I think, like you said, is sort of, are the Americans going to sort of like, would they sort of like counter-sanction China in some way to sort of like create, like you said, a tit-for-tat? Um, the problem with that is if it's sort of keeps on spiraling sort of back and forth and back and forth, I mean, that really does elevate North Korea to the point where, you know, the Americans and Chinese really have a major breach, right? And it's just a question of whether or not the Trump people really want North Korea to be the, you know, the, the straw that breaks the camel's back. Is it the thing that really sort of like starts this long prophesied, you know, major conflict between between the United States and China and East Asia? Because there's a lot of other things we can argue about, too, you know, Senkaku and East South China Sea and stuff like that. And it's just not clear to me that we want the sort of spiral steps to happen where North Korea does this and then China does yeah. this, America does this, and pretty soon it's sort of rolling along and nobody really knows how to stop it, you know, like you know, like the summer of 1914 or something like that. And I think that that's probably what people are concerned about. Do we want something as minor as North Korea to lead to this big, big breach out here? It's just not clear. Where do you think this is headed then? I, I understand that Mattis, uh, James Mattis, uh, the Defense Secretary, Rex Tillerson, they are certainly much more engaged in uh, this specific issue than than trump himself is personally but a lot of questions as to uh how relevant tillerson is right now he's apparently kind of just been cast aside and so the the worry is how you you, as you say maybe they're not as engaged on all of these problems here on the korean peninsula but (laughs) there's gonna have to come a time where you're gonna have to pay attention right 
Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I mean, again, it's a lot of this is sort of hard to, to talk about because, you know, so Trump is so unpredictable and we don't really know quite what he's doing and he hasn't, he hasn't stepped up to the administration the way he should have. So a lot of things are up in the air, which normally when we talk things that we sort of assume. Um, I, I think Mattis sort of is the key here, right? I mean, the, you know, Trump, you know, is a big supporter of the Defense Department, as the Republican Party usually is. You know, Mattis is pretty widely respected. Mattis really believes in the American position in Asia, right? He's already come out here. Um, he supports that. Um, so I would be... I, I'm reasonably confident that the FAD deployment will sort of follow through and, and the Americans will sort of stand by the traditional deterrent guarantee for South Korea. I don't actually think that would really be jeopardized by the sort of erratic behavior in the White House itself. Um, you know, and, and, and I'm not really sure that there's any other alternative. I mean, you know, that the North Koreans are building missiles. South Korea needs some kind of missile defense. That's what that really is designed to be. You know, if the Chinese are really going to, you know, sort of pick a fight over this, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just not really quite sure where, where, where yeah. South Korea's all you know choices are right. I mean, I guess you could try to start buying off the North Koreans to, to to you know demissilize or something like that. But you know, it didn't work terribly well during the Sunshine Policy. I mean, those are sort of big choices. You know, right now I'm just not really sure if I see an alternative to you know greater missile defense, and the South Koreans just have to carry the cost of the you know Chinese unhappiness. If I can just add one other thing, what yeah. really what really surprises me about this, sorry, I don't mean to go on too long, but is why are the Chinese choosing to fight over fat? I mean, there's so many other things that the Chinese could sort of really make a fuss about. They've chosen this hill to die on, which strikes me as very strange because the the objective case for South Korea to have missile defense is pretty clear because North Korea has nuclear weapons and missiles. I just don't understand why the Chinese have picked this to really break mm. the relationship with South Korea over. There's so many other things I could think of, but okay. they, they've chosen this for reasons that really aren't clear. It's an interesting point. Uh, we're going to have to leave it there. Robert, always a pleasure to have you. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you one day. Good. I hope so. Thanks.